Do you want to know one guaranteed way to change your life? Change the way you think about your life. Welcome to Aligned Mind Weekly, a podcast for anyone who's ever felt a little bit stuck and wants to learn how to use the power of their own mind to change that. Each week, I'll explore different ways that thought and mindset work are changing my life and how they have the power to radically change yours too. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Aligned Mind Weekly. My name is Samantha and I am so excited to be sitting down and recording this podcast today. The idea to do a podcast has been something that has been in my mind for gosh, probably almost two years now. And while I had a bunch of ideas of things that I could talk about, wasn't exactly sure on the direction I wanted to take it, but there was also something holding me back from getting started, from exploring it further. I thought it would be too hard. I thought I wouldn't be able to figure out how to edit. I was coming up with roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And so what I think is really interesting is that the podcast that I'm here recording now about thought work and mindset management is exactly what I needed in my life in order to be able to do a podcast at all. So I had an unmanaged mind that was stopping me left, right, and center. And it wasn't until I did the work, I did the research, I learned and I practiced and practiced and practiced that I was able to get in front of a microphone and hit record. So I think it's kind of neat how all of that came full circle, and I definitely plan to spend some more time exploring how these concepts have changed my life and my ability to do things in my life, and we'll get into that in upcoming episodes. But I thought I would spend this first one diving into what it is that I mean when I say thought work and mindset management, what it is that I mean when I'm talking about mindset shifts. I think it's important to understand what this practice is in concept, but also how to apply it to your life. And I think it's also equally as important for you, the listener, to realize how deeply I believe that when done properly and with time and practice and patience, that thought work and mindset management has the ability to be used to fundamentally change your life. And I do, I believe that. I'm living proof. I'm recording this right now because it works. And I believe that it can radically change your experience of your life as well. And not only your experience of your life, irrespective if your specific circumstances change significantly, but that it can also give you the ability to accomplish things in your life that you may not have accomplished if you didn't do it. So let's get into it. Let's get into what I mean by this theory. So what is thought work? What is mindset management? To me, the definition is the practice of examining your thoughts and your beliefs as a curious observer and learning to recognize where shifting those thoughts and beliefs can change how you feel and how you act or respond. 
which will ultimately impact the result or the experience that you have. So that's a very general idea in terms of the practice of thought work and the practice of mindset management, but there are also some important concepts that I want to pull out from that in order to ensure that you understand exactly what it is that I mean. And the first one is that I want you to understand and ultimately to accept that it is your thoughts that are creating your feelings, not your circumstances. So when we think about having a feeling, and by feeling, I mean anger, sad, joyful, fear, when we experience one of those or something like that, a feeling like that, we are not experiencing it directly as a result of the circumstances that happened. And circumstances can be anything. They can be an event. They can be something that's happened to you, like you've been broken up with or you've been fired from your job. They can be something that someone said to you or something that you read on the internet. Those are circumstances. But what I'm saying is that your feelings, that emotional wave that comes on as a result of that circumstance, actually isn't a result of that circumstance. It is a result of how you think about the circumstance. And it is your thoughts and beliefs about what has happened that is creating the feelings that you're having. This concept can be very difficult, especially if this is something you're hearing for the first time. So we're going to go slowly with it. And I don't expect you to just buy into it overnight, but I will ask that you keep an open mind as we continue to explore it. And perhaps it would help if I used a bit of an example. And so I don't want to go really far down the path right away because there's some circumstances in our lives that are really heavy and it would make it really hard to try to understand how this applies in those circumstances. We can get there, but let's get there later. So for now, let's look at a basic circumstance. And I'm going to use the example of your boss yelling at you. So that's the circumstance. Your boss is upset with you. Perhaps you've made a mistake and he or she has yelled at you. And how are you feeling about being yelled at? I can imagine it's a combination of feelings, perhaps, Maybe you feel sad or hurt. Maybe you feel scared, perhaps angry that this individual has yelled at you. Those are all of your feelings. But again, when we go back to the concept that circumstances don't cause feelings and then apply it here, what I'm saying is that your boss yelling at you didn't make you feel angry or sad or hurt or scared, but rather that how you think about your boss yelling at you is what is causing those feelings, those emotional reactions to come up. So look at it this way. 
it isn't the act of yelling. It's the meaning that we assign, the things that we think, the things that we believe about the yelling from our boss that make us feel those things. So let's use anger. We feel anger when our boss yells at us because we believe, we think that this individual should not speak to us that way, that the tone that they took, that the words that they used are not appropriate. That's a thought. The thought that it's not appropriate, that it is not okay, creates the feeling of anger, not the words themselves. Another example, perhaps you're scared. You feel scared that your boss is yelling. It isn't the words in most cases, unless your boss is directly threatening your safety, which is unlikely in this scenario. It isn't the words that are making you feel afraid, but rather what you think about the action, the circumstance that your boss is in with you. So maybe you think your boss is yelling because you believe that that might mean your job is in jeopardy. Perhaps your job security has now come up as a question for you because you're being yelled at. Maybe you've been yelled at in the past at a job and something has happened subsequent to that action that is giving you reason to be afraid right now. But again, the feeling of fear is not because of the yelling itself, but what you're thinking about when it comes to the yelling. And I think what's interesting, and it sort of takes this down another level, and we'll get there further as we go along, is that even the act of yelling the circumstance that you're exploring here, those are thoughts too, right? We're thinking that this tone means that the individual is angry. We're thinking that the tone means that the individual is yelling. We've defined it as such based off of our own thoughts. So that in and of itself is a little bit interesting and potentially a conversation for another day. But bringing it back to thoughts creating feelings, In those examples, you can see that nothing that your boss did directly made you feel any of the emotions that came on, but that there were moments in each emotion that a thought interjected to create them. It's difficult to wrap your head around. Trust me, it took me a long time because for a long time, I believed wholeheartedly that things happened and I felt a certain way about them. X happened and I had an emotional response. That there was no middle step creating the emotional response. It was the circumstance creating the response. It was the circumstance making me feel the way that I felt. And it's taken a long time to digest it. And so it might take you a while too, but keep revisiting the idea. Thoughts create feelings, circumstances do not. Okay, let's talk about the second important part, which is the portion of the sentence examining as a curious observer, because those words are very deliberate. They were intentional because they are critical. 
You see, when you're doing thought work, when you're trying to learn how to better manage your mind in a way that's more helpful for you, you need to do it from a place of non-judgment. Curiosity, getting curious about what you're thinking and why you're thinking it is going to open up space for change. Judgment will bring on further resistance and frustration and shame, which will block your ability to make the changes that you're trying to make. And I think something that I experienced as I started to learn a little bit more about my thoughts, not just what was I thinking, but why was I thinking it? What impact was it having on my life? Was that I started to feel this need or this drive to be harsh with myself for doing it. So you get more information, you learn more, you practice more, and suddenly you find yourself still having these thoughts that aren't serving you. And the voice creeps in, that inner critic wakes up and says, why are you doing this? Stop doing it. You know better than this. You learned this already. Look at you. You need to just change how you think. This is ridiculous. And I'm here to say we need to work towards silencing that harsh inner critic when it comes to thought work because it's necessary to approach it from non-judgment, from a place of compassion, and from a place of being gentle with ourselves as we try to learn something new by unlearning a lifetime of habits. So that is an important piece that I want you to keep in mind is be curious, pause when a thought comes up, especially in the early days of understanding this concept, this theory, and the practice of it. Take a pause, acknowledge the thought with the tone that sounds more like, huh, I'm having an interesting thought right now. I'm not sure that that thought is helpful to me and it's creating some feelings that certainly don't feel good for me, but I want to better understand why I'm having it and what I can do to change it rather than coming at it from a place of trying to squash the thought with a critical tone simply by slapping on the idea that you should stop having it, that it's not appropriate to have it, or assigning some sort of moral value to the thought, placing a good or bad label on it, a right or wrong label on it. That moral assignment and that harsh criticism, they won't help. In fact, I'd argue that they're going to make it so much harder, if not nearly impossible, to be able to review your thoughts and then shift them to something that is more helpful because they create that level of resistance. And the thing about the inner critic is that you don't want to get harsh with yourself when the inner critic comes up either. I mean, it's a part of you. 
And the inner critic really does believe it's there to protect you in many ways, many very misguided ways. But the attempt in some shape or form is to protect you. So don't be harsh with the inner critic either. You can use the same curiosity towards the critic when that voice comes up that you do when you start looking at your own thoughts. Pause and acknowledge the critic is here. The critic is having thoughts about what is going on in my own mind now or something that I'm doing now. And you don't need to forcefully try to push it away, but rather become the observer to the critic and allow yourself to move through the thought and the subsequent feelings that come up from those thoughts when the critic is there. And I think that kind of brings me to the third piece from the definition of the practice, which is really understanding that thoughts are a choice. And I think that can be also kind of difficult for some people to understand or accept. And probably because so many of our thoughts sort of just seem to happen in a split second that we don't feel like we're actively choosing those thoughts. And I want to get you to think about how thoughts come to be, but really to remind you that they're a choice because I believe that knowing that they're a choice hands you back a certain element of power over your own mind that you might not be aware that you have. So your thoughts are creating your feelings and all of that can feel very powerless sometimes, especially with an unmanaged mind. We're thinking things, we're feeling things, it all feels very chaotic and out of our control. But if we sit with the idea that we can control how we feel by controlling how we think, we get our power back. And that's not to say that that's going to be easy because we have to remember where our thoughts come from. And they come from many different places and they are ingrained and programmed over years and years and years. Our thoughts and our beliefs stem from our upbringing, our family, perhaps the religion that we were raised in. Society does a lot of programming in terms of the messaging that we're getting and what that does to create certain thoughts and beliefs for us. Certain patterning and experiences that happen time and time again can reinforce these thought patterns and these beliefs. So it's complex And that means that it's not something that you should expect yourself to suddenly be able to snap your fingers and change. And you don't need to blame yourself for having the thoughts and the beliefs that you do, which might be making your life feel more challenging or creating feelings that you don't enjoy and that aren't helpful for you. There's no need to pull yourself into a place of blame or shame for your thoughts even if you do believe that they are something you're choosing, because there's so many different things contributing to why you think them. What it means, though, is that if programming and messaging and reinforcement can create beliefs, then you have the ability to uncreate those beliefs or change them, shift them to something else. And I think that's kind of amazing. Because I was stuck for a long time. I was having feelings. I was having thoughts. 
And I had no idea what to do about any of it because I really didn't realize how much of it was within my own control. And that meant I was kind of at the mercy to the world as well because circumstances were happening. I was having thoughts about them. I was having feelings about them. And it all seemed like I needed to focus on the circumstances changing because everything within me sort of felt beyond my reach. But once I really sat with and started to understand that I do have the power to do this, that I do have the ability to shift these thoughts with careful and deliberate patience and time and practice, that I was going to get to a place where I was back in the driver's seat of my own life. And I think that that is a really, really great thing. And I want you to believe that for yourself too, even if it doesn't happen overnight, to know that it's possible. Okay, so where do we go from here? What's the next step? As far as the podcast is concerned, I'm really excited to be able to jump into different areas of my life where I apply thought work, different areas where I think you will be able to apply thought work, how to apply thought work to those areas. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to coming up in the in the weeks ahead. As far as the material from today, I think you can sit with it. I think you can think about thoughts and how they affect your actions, how you feel about that concept, allow that to percolate a little bit. I think you can get really curious about the thoughts that you're having and how they're influencing your actions and the thoughts that you're having relative to the circumstances you're coming up against and really just spend some time observing. And that's all for now. Don't leap into the deep end of the pool and try to change all those thoughts right away. Just observe, acknowledge, get comfortable with being someone who recognizes that there's thoughts that you're having that are influencing your feelings and your feelings are influencing your actions and that you play a part in making changes in those areas where you want to make changes because it's helpful to make changes. So that's really it for me this week. And thank you so much to those of you who sat with me this week as I did my very first episode. I'm so excited to have finally done this. I do want to encourage if you have any questions, I will leave my email address in the show notes and I'd love to talk to you about anything that you're thinking about that I spoke on today. So please feel free to shoot me off an email. But other than that, I hope you have a beautiful week and I look forward to talking to you again when I release a new episode next Monday. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, I would love it if you could subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And until next week, remember, change starts in your mind.